Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Beckon Maintenance, high pressure washing, facility maintenance, and commercial sanitization. Check them out at beckon.com.au. Here's your host, Max Becker. Welcome back, everyone, to the 26th episode of Sporting Max, where today we are joined by two-time NBL champion Daryl McDonald. Welcome three to the time. podcast. Three time. Three time. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Daryl. How are you going at the moment? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Just, you know, start of summer holidays, um, summer, playing a bit yeah. of basketball here and there. Nice, nice. So tell me about your childhood and your times playing at great places like Rucker Park. Um. Well, okay. It didn't it didn't start at Rucker Park? Yeah. So you know, I, where I where I grew up. So I grew up. I'm born and raised in Harlem. Yeah. So Harlem, USA. And you know, coming from there, like we, you, you just play. So you played, you played all the time. You know what I mean? And like for us, basketball for me, basketball was all year round. Whereas, you know, in the summertime we had softball, baseball, and in the wintertime we had football, but we always had basketball. Yeah. So I'm playing, you know, playing every day, all the time. And then you, again, you, you, again, the more you play, you just continue to get better and get better and get better. And as I got older, um, I started playing in what it was a tournament called Chicks All Stars. It was a Chicks All Stars. It was a tournament right up the street from where I lived at, right up from where I grew up at. And that's where I made a name for myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that carried over to Rucker. And, you know, at the time I wasn't in school. And so I had an opportunity to actually go back to school and I ended up going to, ended up going to junior college at Westchester Community College. So I played, you know, two years there. And then two years, I signed at Texas A&M, played two years there. And just like any, every other kid, man, you think you went to the NBA. It was just something that didn't happen. You know what I mean, but you know, growing up in in in, in New York, you 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 know, it's a it's, it's a tough cloth, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta come ready to play all the time. You know what I mean? And yeah, Rucker, Rucker Park was kind. Of, I wouldn't say where it ended, but that's where you know I, I was playing there until yeah. I until I came over here. So, how did you get recruited into Texas A and M? Um, from junior college. So playing junior college ball. Okay, and then even before I, before going to junior college, I got recruited playing in this tournament. So playing in Chicks All-Stars, a guy seen me playing, this guy named Lincoln Sessoms, he seen me playing. And I mean, at the time, like I said, I wasn't in school. He asked me, did I want to go back to school? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. You know what I mean? And then I ended up, you know, I ended up going to junior college, Westchester Community College for two years. But what happened was the coaches – so the coaches actually came and watched me play in this tournament. And it was probably, they came and probably watched one of the best games I've had. And then immediately, yeah, we want, we want you at our school, you know, and then the next week, because Westchester is about maybe about an hour drive. If I, I can't even remember, maybe an hour, hour drive from where I lived at. Cause West, you know, I'm from Harlem, Westchester, kind of not, not upstate, upstate. But it's a you know a couple of hours drive or about an hour drive, but they came. The coaches actually came back down the following week to meet my mom and my grandma and you know my brothers and stuff was there, things like that. And then when August came, I was there, you know, and I went for two years. Yeah. My second year there, um, so I made All American my second year, 
at, at Texas and at uh, Westchester community and you know that's that's where I see. So I went on a I went on a recruiting trip. Okay, so they early so they got two. They used to have two recruiting periods. One was in I think November, and the other one was in April. So I went on a November recruiting trip to Texas A and M, and it was nice. Like it was you know it was good. It was in you know again I'm going from Texas to Harlem. You know what I mean? It was completely different. But I like I like what they had there. I like what they was you know what they was trying to build. And so I actually signed. Me and me and another guy. So me and another guy from my school, we went there together. So we went as kind of yeah. a package deal. You know what I mean? So we both signed. We both signed early and then had really good, really good uh, years in JUCO, and then that was it. So how would you describe your game then? Uh, I was a bit. I was probably a bit flashy. You know what I mean? That's where. Yeah. You know, that's where my. You know, I got a, my nickname from Rucker Park was Mr. Excitement. Yeah, because I was I was a bit flashy, <laughs> and, you know what I mean. But I got to college when I got to college. It's funny though, because when I got to college, it wasn't like they tried to tone me down. They just let me play my game, and it was the same when when I was at Juke when I was in JUCO. It was the same when I went to Texas A and M. It was the same. They just let me. They just let me play my game. You know what I mean? And again, I was I was a I was a one. You know, I was a point guard slash two guard, but probably more one than two. You know what I mean? And I think my game, I just developed more of a, a more of a point guard mentality as I got older and older. You know what I mean? Because again, I was I was I was, I used to score like I was never a great shooter, but I was also one of those guys that you couldn't stop. Like you can't stop you couldn't stop me from getting where I wanted to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just used that to my advantage. I didn't have I was one of those guys. I didn't have to shoot jumpers because you couldn't stop me. You know what I mean? And then. Over the course of your career, you know, people start, the game has changed a bit where you're starting to get scouted and things like that. So I continue to work, work on my, you know, I became a better shooter. I wasn't a great shooter, but I became a better shooter where it was enough to be respected. You know what I mean? And that just, you know, that carried on to my career over here. And I just, I've been here ever since. Now you spent several years in the Canadian National Basketball League and also in the CBA. Can you tell me about your time there? Um, okay. So the Canadian, so I was, what I was doing, right. So after college, right. So after Texas A&M, yep. like I didn't get drafted to the NBA, but I had an opportunity to try it out. So I tried out with the New Jersey Nets at that time. And I, I just wasn't, I just wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? And so yep. I had to, you know, I had to go back, I had to go back to Harlem and, you know, at the time I had three sons, you know, I got to get a job. So I had to, you know, I had to work. And so, you know, I got a job at, you know, working at Toys R Us for about a couple of months. And then just out of the blue around. So I left, I actually left New York and moved because I had two brothers that lived in Connecticut. So Connecticut is also, Connecticut is about two hours from New York. So I moved to Connecticut with them. And the whole time I was there, I was working. So I was working. I used to work at the, uh, I was working at the, on the Navy base. Yeah, working at the officers club on the Navy base. But every day I was hooping. So I go to work after work, I'm straight to the gym. I'm hooping every every day, hooping, hooping, hooping. And then, I, you know, I got I end up getting a call to play in. The, I got a opportunity to try out for the CBA, which was in Topeka, Kansas at the time. And I went to the trial, but I didn't make it. So I wasn't I, like I actually didn't make that. I didn't make that team. But the same guy who recruited me called me about 
five months later, like this was in May. So I went to try out, maybe later. I went to try out for the CBA. It would have been maybe October. It would have been October, November. Yep. Didn't make that. And then the next year around May, like I said, I stayed with my brother. I was moving my brother from January to January to May. So I ended up getting that, getting a call to go try out in this league. It was called the WBL. So it's a six four and under it was a six four and under league, which eventually turned into the NBL, the, the Canadian NBL. Yeah. Okay. But there was a league before that which was called the WBL, which was a six four and under league. So I got an opportunity to trial for that. And I went to the trial and didn't make it again. So I ended up getting cut from that. But then two weeks later, the guy calls me back. You know, we want you, we want you back, we want you to come play. And I ended up so around June. So actually, this is funny though, because at the same time, my daughter, the day I had to meet them, my daughter was born. You know, God wow. rest her soul. Yeah. She was, she was, she was born. And so, you know, God, I went to the hospital, went to the hospital to see her, and left. Went straight, jumped on the plane, and I had to meet the team in um, Roxbury, uh, Roxbury, Boston. I think it was called Roxbury. I can't even remember. So I met them there, and then from there we went to Vegas. So I was in Vegas that whole summer playing in this WBL, the 6-4 under league. And then after that, I got an opportunity to try out for the CBA. So played CBA, which is – I played at Oklahoma City my first my first year. Excuse me. My first year I played at Oklahoma City. It was called the Oklahoma City Calvary. So I played on that year. And as the year goes, the season goes – I end up getting cut because <laughs> this is funny. I end up getting cut because I fouled a guy on on free th- on a shot to, to win the game. <laughs> so he ended up he hit two free throws. Yeah. So he ended up hitting two free throws, and I end up lo- we end up losing the game. The coach cut me after that. <laughs> no no joke. Sent me home. Called me back a week later. Actually called me back. Paid me more money. You're right. <laughs> And I finished out the season. But then the next year, he actually traded me to Sioux Falls. So that's where I, I was in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, for, for CBA. I played there for three years. But after the CBA, I always played in the WBL, the the the, the six four and under league. So I was going almost 11, 12 months out of the year. So I played WBL, CBA, WBL, CBA. And then my last WB, my last – I wouldn't call it W.O. This was the Canadian NBL. So in my last season, I had I was I had like one of the I was I was like I had a really really good season. You know what I mean? I was averaging like yeah. twenty points, like thirteen assists, like six rebounds. So we and we ended up you know we had we had a really good season. Now before but before I went to um before I went back to the CBA, I had the opportunity to go to the Philippines and play over there. So I went over there in about September to try out. And I get over there. Another interesting story. I get over there. You know, we training. And that night, the coach says, you know, takes me to dinner. He goes, never pass. Don't pass the ball. Shoot the ball every time you touch it. If you got two people on you, you shoot it. You got three people on you, shoot it. Because I wasn't ever, like I said, I wasn't a shooter. Yeah. I was a scorer. But I even to a point, I actually got to a point where I wasn't even trying to score. I was more of a, I was more of a distributor. You know, I was trying to get other people involved. And he was like, "No, nah, don't do that. You got to shoot the ball every time you touch it. Shoot it every time you touch it." What's so that? Next- what's that like for your coach to 
you know, come up to you and go, you know, don't pass it, shoot it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was <laughs> again, it was wild because I kind of knew about the league because I knew some guys that was playing there. But I didn't, I, I never, like I said, I never even thought about it like that. I was going yeah. over there to be a team player. When he said, don't pass, shoot the ball every time you touched it. So the next day in training, every time I touched the ball, I jacked it. I was just shooting. I was we're shooting jumpers. I was getting on the rim. I was doing everything. So now after that, I had to go get measured because now this is a 6-2 and under league. So now this league is 6-2 and under. Yeah. I had to go get, I had to go get measured. So they measure me, right? They measure me at 6-2 and a quarter. Oh. Right? So yeah, yeah. check this out. So they measure me at 6-2 and a quarter. The night, so that night, you know, nothing, you know, didn't say nothing. So that night, the next morning, I get a knock on my door. I, I used to have a driver, so this guy would take me everywhere I needed to go. So he's knocking on my door like four in the morning. <laughs> Wait, like I'm like, dude, what, like, what's going on? What you want? He said, we gotta go. I'm like, where are we going? He said, we're gonna get your height down. Yeah, this is what he tells me. He said, we're gonna get <laughs> your height down. So I'm like. The first thing I'm thinking is how you you know like like how you plan on how you gonna do this, right? So yeah. first the first thing we do he drives me drives me to a barber shop. I get all my hair cut off, right? One. Yeah. Then he takes me to a park, and just you know get you know get out get out. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Where am I going? He said, No, get out, get out. I said, Where am I like where am I going? He said, You're going for you're gonna run. You got to run. You're going to jog. I said, what am I doing that for? He said, so you can get tired. Right? Yeah. So now I'm in this park. I don't even know where I'm at. I'm just running. I'm running. And eventually I get tired. So now they take me back to get measured again. So now when I get there, they take me in a bathroom. So now I get in the bathroom. I got a midget. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I can't even remember whether it was a midget or a little kid. <laughs> like they put a little kid on my shoulder and now I'm walking around the bathroom with this little kid on my shoulder. <laughs> Just walking. I was doing that for about 15 minutes. Oh. <laughs> right? I go out, I get measured. They measured me at six, two and an eighth. Oh no. They gave me a hundred dollars, sent me home. That was it. So that's how ended, that's how I ended up back in the CBA that my last year. What was that like for you to go to uh, really extreme measures to stay in the league? It was, you know what? I'm gonna tell you the honest truth. At the time, it was, it was. I wanted to play in the league because it was the money. It was actually really, it was gonna be really good money. And it was only a three month. It was only three months, so it was only a three month league. Yeah. But it was really good money. So I would like. I actually I wanted to stay bad. You know what I mean? But. I couldn't, and then again, that's when I, I ended up back in the CBA. So I ended up back in Sioux Falls, and probably had I would have had I was having my best year, you know, since being there. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I was I had you know I had a couple of really really good games, and I had this guy call me. So it was a, he was an agent because I didn't have a, I actually didn't have an agent at that time. So an agent called me, and he goes, you know, for some reason I'm in the CBA. So this I'm in the CBA now. So for some reason, your name just keeps coming up. And, you know, I'm like, you know, okay. And he goes, I want to, I'm going to try to get you, I want to try to get you a job in Italy. Wow. And I was like, okay, cool. So we actually had a game. So he said, call me. We had a game. We had a game against Wichita Falls at the time. 
which is in a or which is in Texas. So he said, I'm gonna call you after your game. You know, call give me a call, let me know how you did. I actually had a really good game too. So I called him and he said, you know, I've I've just been talking to a lot of people and people like your game, like how you play. And you know, like I said, your name just keeps coming up. And he said, I wanna I wanna represent you. So he was like, I can't get you in Italy if I'm not representing you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And the guy actually had a the guy actually had a really good name. So he sent me a contract. I filled it out. Back then, we had, you know, I had to fax it back and fax it back. And then the whole Italy yeah. thing didn't pan out. They gave the job to somebody else. And he was like, "It's all right. I'm gonna keep, you know, I'm gonna keep on working and keep on working for you and blah blah blah." And I had another really really good game that was on ESPN, and it was against. So in the CBA back then, I was in Sioux Falls, Rapid City. It's also in Sioux Falls, but Rabbit City was the was the big time club. Like they had all the money, all the NBA, all the ex NBA guys would go there to Sioux Falls. I mean to uh, Rapid City. Sorry, they would all go to Rapid City. So we played them. We actually played them on TV. And you don't know. I don't know. You wouldn't know who Bernard Bernard King was. A like an ex NBA yeah. guy. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, you, yeah. So he was commentating the game, and I had I ended up with like thirty five. I had one of the best games. I had one of my best games in the CBA ever, and I had like 35. And the agent actually saw the game. So he called me as soon as I got back to back to Sioux Falls, and he was like, I'm going to find you something. And then no, no sooner than about maybe two weeks later, Brett Brown, Brett Brown called me from here. And that's how I ended up in Australia. You dominated the league in your first year in Australia. And you led the Giants to the championship, coming and runner-up in the MVP awards, and also runner-up in the best defensive player. What did these features um, and also awards mean to you? It meant a lot, you know. What I mean, it, it, it meant a lot. Again, just first year, you know, coming out here my first year, and being able to, you know, just put a stamp on the league. And like I said, the, the MVP was something I would have loved to have. Yeah, I lost. The crazy thing is I actually lost it by one point. <laughs> and I lost it. I lost it to Andrew Gaze by one point. Were you, right? were you all right with that? Losing it to you Gaze? You know what? I, I was. I was. The fun, but the wild thing is, so we got the award show. And I ended up, so I ended up, I won the Good Hands Award. Yeah. So as I'm up there. As if this is in this way, it was why I was up there. So I was up there picking up my good hands award. And I kind of look, you know, I kind of take a glance to the right. And the MVP trophy is there. The award is there. And I look and I see Andrew Gay's name on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that really, it didn't kill me. It was just wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then so I went, I actually, I went back to my table and I said, that, I, I was like, yo, I'm not going to, I'm not going to win MVP. Andrew got it. And they was like, how you know? I said, because I actually just seen it. And they were like, what? I said, I just seen it while I was up on the stage. You know what I mean? But yeah. to have that to have a, that kind of season and then, like I said, to end up winning the championship that year was, it's probably, I'm going to tell you the honest, it's probably the reason why I ended up in, I ended up staying in Australia for, you know, I'm 26 years now. You know what I mean? That first year was was the reason probably why I'm still here. Now, that championship in 94 with the Giants, game one, you hit the game-winning shot in OT uh, to give yourselves a 95-93 win. Take me through the play and what you yourself were thinking in your head 
um, in the moments of that shot before and after? Um, well, what happened was, so in over, so before the overtime, because the game went into overtime, the first of all, okay, being an import. So when you're an import, your job is to not necessarily do everything, but back then you pretty much did everything. So I'm yeah. taking the last shot. That was always going to be my mindset. You know what I mean? And so the last, after the, what you call it, so end of, the, end of regulation, I had a chance to win it. You know, missed a shot. Paul Maley almost tapped it in. He didn't make it. So that was it. Like, I got it. You know, they gave it, it was pretty much giving us a chance. They missed, or oh, what's the name? Mark Davis hit a shot. It was wild because people thought it was a three when it was only a two. If it was a three, that would have put them up one. It was only yeah. a two, so that tied the score. And that was then when I got it, you know, I'm 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 ending it. I'm not I'm my, my mindset was always I'm not giving you guys another chance. I'm not giving you another shot at it. I'm gonna take this down to the wire. And it was just a patent move for me. It's one of the moves I, you know, I I, I love the spin move and I got him in again because of my size. You know, I, I won't even use that because Brett. It was it was against Brett Maher, who's about six two. I'm six three, six four, but I just wanted to try to get him in the paint and, and and jump over him, and that's what I did. And that was it. Game over. And then we went to we went back to we went, came back to Victoria, came back to Melbourne and beat them by thirty in game two. For the next few years, you stayed consistent with your stats, winning the Good Hands Award each year, uh, winning MVP in the NBL All-Star Game, and also in the NBL's first and second team for a few years in a row. Do you think about keeping up um, consistency with your stats when you're playing? You know what? I never thought I was never a stats guy. You know what I mean? But the, the one stat I used to... I'm going to tell you the honest truth. The one stat I used to always look for or look at was assists. Like I was always, I'm a, I just love, I wanted to keep my assists up all the time. That was just the main one. Everything else would just come. Like I said, I scored when I needed to, but I wanted to, uh, the, the assist was, a, was, was the main one. And I wouldn't, I'm not going to say st steals was probably another one because again, while I ended up the all-time leading scorer in steals and second in assists, but assist is the one that I, it was one of those that I always wanted, you know what I mean? So I always try to keep my assist up. But again, if you look down the line and you look at how everything dropped, it's because, you know, every, it's the, the league's changed, you know, things that people are getting quicker, you know, people getting stronger. So the league changed. So everything, everything dropped a little bit, you know what I mean? But assist was a one, if it was a stat that I always, assist and probably turnovers, because I used to hate to turn over the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, it's a it's a coach killer. You know what I mean? You gotta take care, you gotta take care of the ball. So I never led the league, but I was always always in the top three. You stuck with the team when they merged into the Victoria Titans under another great coach, you know, obviously Brian Gorgian. What was that like to go from uh one great coach to another in Brett Brown and Brian Gorgian? Um I'm gonna tell you it wasn't it wasn't a lot different, you know, they were similar in their approach yeah. to the game. You know what I mean? Both real intense in training. You know what I mean? The only, I guess the difference, uh, I wouldn't say bat, well, not necessarily basketball wise, but so when I got to, when I got to Gorgian, so the word, it was always the word. So the word around the NBL was, so every time you played his teams, 
they just seemed so much stronger than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they, they did everything. They were just so much stronger than everybody else. And so, you know, people, oh, you ain't going to be able to play for Gorgian. He's not going to let you play. And you know what I mean? He's he going to do this. He's going to do that. Like you, you gotta, you, we got to lift every day. You got to do all that. And that didn't bother me. None of, you know, none of that stuff bothered me. So before I even got there, so we did, we had all these interviews and my interview would have took, my interview took about 30 seconds. I walked in, he said, you in? I said, yep. He said, good. And that was, and then he asked me about if another guy, I think it was, might've been David Smith, who was also with the Giants. He asked me if David Smith could be a backup point guard. And I was like, yeah, I think he can play it. And that was it. The conversation was done. You know what I mean? So I was, I was, I was there. So now I'm coming, I'm actually coming off injury, right? So I had, a, I broke my kneecap in um, November in 97. I had broke my kneecap. So I haven't, I didn't, I didn't play half of, they had a small season. So they had a season from January to June in 1998. Yeah. And I played half that season, but I played the, the second half of that season. And I was actually playing injured. So my knee, I was playing on an injured knee when I played. So now the fold, now the merge comes. I ended up with the Titans getting further. So we doing with like everything, everything people said was true. So we lifted every day, Monday through Friday. You know, we train pretty much train every day. If you're not, if you're not lift, I mean, if you're not training, you're doing individual, we doing that every day. Yeah. And so I'm doing weights with Bruce Gray, and uh, he probably, I don't know if he's going to watch this, but he, I always tell him he's actually saved my career. Because again, like I said, I'm coming off a broken kneecap. But I got in the gym with him, and it was, I used to, I used to do leg weights. I was doing leg weights three or four times a week. You know what I mean? To start, actually, not even to start. Because what happened was, so like the first week, you know, it was just, every, so we did legs every Monday. And then about 10, 11 games into the season, I did my knee again. Not as bad, yeah. but I did it again. So it went, it kind of went, it just went weak. Then I got with Bruce Gray and I was doing leg weights for about, I was doing leg weights three times a week. And I mean like heavy where, cause it, the body world gym used to be upstairs. I used to have to walk downstairs backwards. That's how, that's how my legs were. You know what I mean? But he got my legs so much strong. He got my legs so strong. I, I had, I got, I'm really skinny. I have really skinny legs. Yeah. But I actually had the strongest legs on the team at that time. When, when, once he kind of hooked, you know, you know, he, he put them legs, he put the weights on me. I ended up with the strongest legs on the team. And once I got better, like I said, I missed about 10 games. I came back about the end of the end of that first season. Um, and we end up we end up going to the championship, but we lost to we uh, we lost to Adelaide in the final. You know what I mean? But it was it was, again it was it was different. And then it's funny though. One year might have been might have been that next year. Gorge pulls me over. You know we had we had like a little meeting. He go, do you know what? You just got to play. You know what I mean? You just I mean you just play. Go do what you do. And, he, and that was it. He never, you know what I mean? He, he never said, he just let me play my game. And again, this the, one, the one regret I have in NBL is not winning the championship with the Titans. You know what I mean? We was, I was there for four years. We went to two grand finals. We lost two semifinals. But that's the one thing I, I regret. I would have loved to win a, win a championship with Gorge. 
Uh, after oh, in 2001, 2002, the Titans unfortunately had to fold. What, like, kind of where was your head at when this happened? You know what? I was, it was, it was, I was fine with it because another team, so the Victoria Giants took over. So what, what happened, Gorge left and went to Sydney. So he ended up taking the Sydney job. I actually wanted to go. I actually wanted to go with him to Sydney because I, I, I was I was just adamant I wanted to win a championship with him. So I wanted to yeah. go with him with Sydney to Sydney, but I couldn't. So I ended up staying with the Victoria Giants. So that first year with them, it was just, you know, what I mean, it was, it was like Mark. I don't know if you know Mark Wright. Mark Wright was the coach. You know, he was like he was good, but he things just it just didn't like we had we had we we wasn't we didn't have a great team. But I thought we had a team that was good enough to make the playoffs. And we had, it's funny, because we going down the line, we excuse me, we had it was a it was a time where I think we oh we, we needed like two wins. And we could have we could have made the playoffs. But nobody knew. Like nobody said anything about it. Like the coaching staff didn't say anything. Yeah. Like nobody was, it was almost like you're not in the playoffs, you're not gonna make the playoffs. Don't worry about it. But we were still there, but nobody said nothing. You know what I mean? And we had the season was okay. It was, you know, it wasn't bad. But then the next year comes, you know, they pull me in. Um, you know, we we we're gonna we're gonna waive you. You know, we're not gonna bring you back because we we wanna we trying to win a championship in the next three to five years, and we don't think you're gonna be playing. This is what they did, this is what they told me. Man, go, okay. That's Right. This is what they told me. I said, okay. So I got on the phone and called a friend of mine. And I think you, you interview him, Lenard Copeland. Yep. Yep. So you, yeah. So I ended up, I got on the phone and called him. I said, yo, the Giants just got rid of me. He was like, what? I said, the Giants just got rid of me. He said, okay, I'll call you back in five minutes. All right, cool. He doesn't call me back. Seamus McPeak calls me. Seamus was the owner of the Melbourne Tigers. He calls me. He goes, I heard you're, I heard you're not back at the Giants. You want to come to the Tigers? I was like, sure. Offer me a contract right on the like right on the phone. So I ended up out of a job and into another job straight away. You know what I mean? So I did that, did that, did went to the Tigers. So I've been playing with Andrew Gaze, Noah Copeland, Mark Bradkey. You know, I was coming off the bench. I was six man in the year that first year. I was runner up the second year. You know, and we 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 didn't have again. We didn't have great. We didn't have season every seasons. Everybody thought we could have like we 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 should have yeah. done done better. But we lost lost in the playoffs both two, both those years. And then now, this is you know my last my last three years it becomes interesting. So Andrew Gaze retires. Lenard goes to another team. Lenar goes to Brisbane. Mark Bradkey goes to Brisbane. Al Westover or Lindsay retires. Al Westover becomes the head coach. Um, and I'm coaching at the time, so I'm coaching a big V. So I'm coaching yeah. me. Oh, I'm actually not the head coach. I'm the assistant coach with Tawaza. Warren Giddy was coaching. I was his assistant. Yeah. So I actually don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. But then I get a call just out of the blue. This is, it's weird how stuff happens. So we trained on a Thursday night 
I get a call from Al Westover at like 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday night. Yeah. And I'm like, what's up, Al? He go, Mac, what's going on? How you doing? I said, I'm, I'm good. He said, you know, I just want to talk about next year. I'm like, what about next year? He said, oh, you know, just playing with the, you know, playing with the Tigers again and, you know, talk about the China trip because we used to go to China all the time. And I go, I said, yeah. Al, I'm actually going to Wollongong tomorrow. I got a deal <laughs> on the table. And he just went, he just went quiet, like didn't say nothing. Wow. Then he came back on and go, he said, don't sign nothing. I want, you know, I want you back here. And he and then he, gave, he said, you know, I want you back. He said, you know, Anstey's coming. And I'm like, I said, is Anstey actually coming? Talking about Chris Anstey. He said, I said, is Anstey coming? He said, he's coming. <laughs> right. You know, he gave me like, he's because I played with Anstey at the Tigers for two years. I mean, at the Titans for two years. So I knew Anstey and we actually, we actually worked well together. We played well together. He's, and I, I was, you know, it's, he's, he was like, yeah, he's definitely coming. And he said, you know, Rashad Tucker's coming back. Dave Thomas coming back. It'd be you. You know, I want you. I want you to run the team. Blah blah blah. So don't. If you go up there, don't sign nothing. So I jump on the plane the next morning to Wollongong. I'm, I'm in the car riding with uh, Brendan Joyce. Brendan Joyce was the coach at the time. So I'm in the car riding with him. And I go, you know, I'm just going. I'll just tell you, dude. I'm actually. I'm. A, I'm gonna go back to the Tigers. And he's pretty much saying, you know, I, I kind of figured that, you know what I mean? But just yeah. wanted to, you know what I mean? And then even they even offered me more money than what they was going to give me. They actually offered me more money. But I, I was adamant to just stand because if I would have left, I would have had to, you know, I had to bring my bring my family and everything. And I didn't want to do all that. So end up staying with the Tigers. We won a championship that year. So that was my third year. Right. So yeah. that was, that's a big third year. After the Giants told me I wasn't going to be playing in my third or fifth year. That was the third year I won a championship. Next year, we make the championship. We lose to Brisbane. They was, but they was tough. Like they had, they had a tough outfit. Brisbane was that year. Brisbane was the Golden State Warriors before the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. That's how tough they were. They was the Warriors before the Warriors. And we just couldn't, we couldn't deal with them. And then the next year comes around. So I'm still starting. The next year comes around and like we start the season, we're like, this is, you know, year five with the Tigers. So we start the season, we're nine and oh, beating everybody. Then we had like a four game span. We played Sydney, Townsville, Perth, and then Sydney again. Right. So I started the first Sydney game, we lost. We get to Townsville and I'm playing against Homicide. And I played against Homicide earlier that year. Yeah. And we end up we end up beating him. And he had like seven points or something. He didn't he didn't he didn't have a good game. Yeah. We played against him in Townsville, and he just let me have it. <laughs> he finished with about he had about thirty seven or something. Like he was killing me. Couldn't I couldn't? There wasn't nothing I could do. I was, I was struggling to defend him. Then we travel there. We go to Perth, and I think I can't. I think the point guard was Gerald Brown at the time. He had twenty nine on me. <laughs> and we lost. So they was killing me. They was killing me. <laughs> but I'm forty. I'm forty three at the time, by the way. Yeah. So I'm forty three. So, so how I, does your body deal with that elite physical level of basketball? I was fine. I was just again. I just couldn't play. I couldn't play extended minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I could start a game. I could. I could still play, but I couldn't play long. I couldn't play a lot of minutes. 
So this is what happened. So after the Perth game, we lost, and we in the locker room, and I told Al, I said, I think you should take me out to start lineup and play me, you know, play me sparring minutes. Don't play me a lot of minutes. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's something we could talk about. So that he ended up taking me out of the start lineup. I only ended up playing like, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game. Yeah. But I was always in the game. I was always in the game at the end of the game. So I always finished games. I didn't start games, but I always finished games. We ended up winning the, winning another championship. So I won a championship in my third year and my fifth year. After the Giants told me I wasn't going to be playing in three to five years. <laughs> and I love that story because I always tell it for that same reason. So what was that like to be told that, you know, you're not go- you're not going to be playing for the next in three to five years, and then it, it, go out and win a championship. Yeah, it, bought, it actually bothered me because again, I, like I'm not saying we would have we'd have won at the Giants. You know, with, they they was putting a nice little team together, but it it kind of hurt. It kind of hurt. I ain't gonna lie, it hurt my pride. Like like I wasn't good enough. You know what I mean? And yeah. So I took that on board. But again, the thing is, when I went to the Tigers, like I said, I'm I'm again, I'm coming off the bench against, you know, Andrew Gage and Lenard Copeland. These guys are two Hall of Famers. They're two legends. I'm coming off the bench against, behind those guys. You know what I mean? I didn't have a problem with that. But then when they gone, now it's my show. Like, I can still play. And Al knew that. You know what I mean? Al knew that. And so I took those last three years and just had, you know, I just played. You know, my first, actually, my, um, my first year, the first year they left, I missed making first team all NBL by like two votes. And I lost, I lost, I lost to Larry Abney. Yeah. And the, the problem I had with that was Larry actually had a really good season. The problem is they won eight games on the season. That's why I was I was heated about that. You know what I mean? And again, that yeah. bothered me because we ended up winning the championship. <laughs> Uh, so after the 2008 season, you retired. What was your perspective on life after basketball? You know what? It was tough, man. It was funny. It, it was tough. And my partner at the time, she would tell you, like, I was not. I, it was, I couldn't. It was almost like I couldn't let it go, man. You know what I mean? Like, I really, like, I couldn't. I couldn't let it go. You know what I mean? But I had to. But the crazy thing is. I'm, I'm one one day, I'm actually walking. I had two little puppies. So I'm walking, they weren't mine. I don't, they was my daughter's puppies. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm walking them. I get a call from Joey Wright. Yeah, we, we just had him on the pod. I know, I, I've seen that. Yeah. I get a call from, from him. And he go, Mac, what's up? I said, no, all good. You know, just out walking, walking the dogs. He goes, are you retired? Because I have retired. So I kind of, I kind of retired at the NBO dinner. They gave me a plaque and all types of stuff. Yeah. He said, "Are you retired?" And I go, "Would you?" It depends on what you mean by that. He said, "Are you retired?" And I was like, "Well, right now." He said, "Do you want to go around again?" And I go, "Yeah, I can go again." So he wanted me, and because he was in Brisbane at the time, he wanted me to come up. And, and back up Adam Gibson and work with Adam yeah. Gibson at the time. And I was like, sure, I can <laughs> do that. 
told me, you know, gave me, it was a nice little deal. And then I would have been, you know, I would have, after my, after I finished playing, I would have been on the bench. I would have been assistant coach with him or behind him. And I was like, yeah. So went up there, had to visit, did all that stuff. And then came back. So about two weeks after that, he called me or he didn't even call. He sent me a text. He, excuse me, he was in America and he was like, it's not going to happen. So they never, it was never going to be a team because the guy who was actually going to put the money in, he pulled the pin on it. Yep. And I think that was my, that was my cue to pretty much say, just pretty, just, just, just retire. So I let it go. Wasn't playing no more. But then Al Westover, who was a head coach, brought me on as an assistant. So I was like the, what was that, third? I was the third assistant coach behind uh, Warwick Giddy and was it Stacker? I think Ian Stacker was there. Yeah, I think Stacks was there. So I was the third assistant coach behind those guys. What was, what was it like to be there as a third assistant coach? You know, just no, it was, you it, was, it was good. Like it was an opportunity to learn from all those, you know, the opportunity to learn from all three of those guys. Because coaching is what I wanted to do. That was always part of the plan. So Al told me, you know, it was one of those, once you finish playing, you know, I want, I want to get you on the staff. I want to get you on the bench with us. And I was like, cool. So the opportunity to learn from him and the stacker, stacker's been around for a long time. He's always been a coach. An opportunity to learn from him and even an opportunity to learn from Waza. It was good. You know what I mean? You learn, you learn different things. You learn different tendencies, and you know stuff you stuff you can use, stuff you can take when you actually become a coach, and stuff like that. So it was good. Like I, you know, I, I didn't have a problem. We ended up going, we ended up going, making a grand final that year, but we lost to lost to the South Dragons. So what are you doing at the moment? Like I said, just working with juniors. Yeah, just working with juniors. I've seen if you've recently been working with upcoming superstar Josh Giddy. Tell me about his game and what he's like to work work with. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was um he's good. Like like he like he he's good, man. Like when I got the call, you know, to work with him because a friend of mine who who did all the you know all the weights and stuff with him called me and said, "Listen, I want you to work with him." And Josh, and then I, I started working with him, and he was like, he was over the moon, you know what I mean? And I just did the stuff I did with him is just game, like it was more game kind of game stuff, you know, stuff yeah. you're gonna do in the game. Like we do, we do other stuff, like you know, we shoot, but I was doing like a lot of pick and roll stuff with him, ball handling stuff, and like he he like he took everything in, like you know what I mean? Like he grasped everything, you know what I mean? And that's what you want. For a player, that's what you want from a player. When you're telling them, like he's he's like he's in, like he's focused, but he's also he's he's locked in to what you're telling him, and then he goes out and do and goes out and does it. You know what I mean? And so we yeah we, we was working out. We, we we did a fair bit, but he's gonna be. What he what he what he has is that like his IQ, like his basketball IQ is off the charts for somebody his age. You know what I mean? And right now, what is he? Six nine. Six nine point guard, you know what I mean. Distributes the ball well. He's actually a really, you know, you can actually shoot the ball. He probably yeah. doesn't show it, but he but he shoots the ball pretty well. And it's something that he's worked on. You know what I mean. He's gotten stronger, but his ability to read the game is the is the thing that's gonna is, is gonna help him. Because like he's a you know he's an unbelievable passer. He's like even you know Anstey again. Anstey's a guy who you know people know. He even said it when you see it, but his. his 
like I said, for me, it's it's his IQ. Like his IQ is 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 good. And right now, you know, I know he's projected to be, you know, I guess like top top fifteen, top twenty. Yeah. You know, he gets that opportunity. He he can end up. I think he 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 may end up in a lottery. He's and you know, for people that's watching, you got to have a look at him. You know, what I mean, have a have a look at this kid. Absolutely. He's he's, he's going to be. He's good, man. Like he's good. What would be your greatest advice to anyone? My greatest advice is just never give up. That's always been my motto. You know what I mean? Give a hundred percent, and you know, oh well, no matter what it is, whether it's work, whether it's sport, school, just always give a hundred percent because you never, you never know who's watching. You know what I mean? You, you never know who's who's watching. But you know, never, never, never give up. You know, just because something don't happen today, don't mean it's not gonna happen tomorrow. You know, it might not happen tomorrow. Don't mean it's not gonna happen. Just never give up on yourself. Thanks, Daryl, for coming on and being a part of the podcast and putting aside some spare time to come on and have a chat. It's been amazing to have you on and to share your insights into you know your life, your career, um, growing up. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. No worries, Daryl. Having me. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. If you like this episode, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes and follow and subscribe to our channel on Instagram and YouTube.